Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Good morning, church family. Thank you for that such kind intro. And uh, she already exposed me, so I'm not from Chicago. I'm sorry. So if you see a little southern twang, I'm from Springfield, Illinois. So let's just get that out there. But real quick, let me be honest, though. Chicago, it's been good to me. It's really become my home. And more than that, it's become my family. And I want to be able to show you uh, that wedding day. So we actually got a picture of me and my wife, Crystal. Look at her. She's so beautiful. She's in the front row here. She's a, a teacher at uh, Alexander Graham Bell. She's a deaf and hard of hearing. So that tells you everything she needs to know. She has such a great heart, and uh, I'm so grateful to have her. And despite the fact that we've been married for like nine months, I've definitely already gotten the question, when are kids coming? So just so y'all know, uh, we have one baby, but it is a fur baby. And uh, this is her right here. That's Marley. We love her, and uh, she's all we can take care of for right now. So maybe another day, but we love you, Marley. But that's enough about me. I want to talk to you about you guys real quick because, look, it's no secret that tomorrow's Labor Day and you guys got the day off, right? So I want to give you guys a shout-out for coming on a holiday weekend. Come on, can you guys give yourselves a round of applause online? Thank you for tuning in. Man, for some of the Gen Zers in the house, you may not even know why you're getting tomorrow off. So let me just fill you in real quick. Tomorrow is Labor Day, and what we're celebrating is labor, and specifically American labor and what it's accomplished. You know, we look at the skyscrapers, they're so beautiful. But with labor also comes tiredness. Like, there, it's both in. We can celebrate labor, and we kind of live in a culture of work, work, grind, but oftentimes we don't talk about the side effects of the work, work, grind. And so today, as a young person, I want to talk to you guys about weariness. And so the title of my message today is Fighting Off Weariness. And with that, I'm going to open us up in prayer. So let's just pray. Jesus, I thank you that your word is powerful, God that it can change us, God, that it can transform us, Lord. So, Lord, I pray that your word would speak deeply to hearts today, God, and that we would find our strength in you, God, that you would renew the tired and the weary soul today, God. So we believe you to do it. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, so let's just get all on the same page. I want to intro weariness to you guys. Let's define it. This is what Google has to say. Extreme tiredness or fatigue Exhausted in strength, endurance, vigor, or freshness. Man, freshness. I think that's an interesting word. If you've been feeling dry for a long time, you are weary. Also this, reluctance to see or experience any more of something. And honestly, I think we're in just a season as a world, specifically the United States, of weariness. If you've been following the news at all, you've probably seen uh, the talk about the great resignation, the great quit. And just a stat from that, from Ed Smart, 48 million people quit their jobs in 2021. That's staggering to me. That's like take Chicagoland and everybody in it quits four times over. That's crazy. But what it was is that people got to a point where they couldn't experience any more of something. 
But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bold enough to think that it's not necessarily the job, but it was the season that everybody went through that made them so tired and so weary. And so I want to be able to talk to you guys about that today. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Isaiah for the most part today, flipping around. So Old Testament, Isaiah. He's a prophet. He didn't have the most fun job. Uh, for the beginning part, he's really telling the nation of Judah that judgment is coming. The northern kingdom, Israel, had already been taken into captivity. And so he's pronouncing judgment, but he's also giving them hope. And we're really going to be picking up in the latter half where he's talking a lot about hope. So in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30, I'll be reading out of the ESV today. Here's what it says. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. Even the youngest of people, even that kid who just had a bunch of candy and is running around with the most energy you've ever seen, even they become exhausted. Even they become tired. And this should be good news for us today because I honestly think that there's a little shame in weariness. Especially men. If you're leading a house, man, the last thing you want to admit to your wife or your kids is that you're feeling a little weak. Man, we're told we got to be strong. But this this verse says, even youth. So if even youth, then that means everybody is going to grow tired and weary. And so if we know that it's something that's going to happen, then we need to take the shame out of weariness. And I really want to talk physical weariness. I want to talk a little bit about that today. But the real weariness that I want to talk about is the weariness of soul. The weariness that doesn't go away no matter how much sleep you get, how much coffee you drink, that feeling that just stays and you just feel down and you don't know why. That is what I really want to hit on today. So if you're with me, say amen. amen. So weariness, I want to tell you why it's actually somewhat of a good thing. It reminds us that we are finite. Like imagine if we never had to sleep and we never got tired. But our nature that we begin to grow tired and weak, it reminds us of how limited we are, but it reminds us also of how unlimited our God is. And so weariness, it doesn't mean you're weak. It just means you've become depleted. It doesn't mean you're weak. It just means that you've become depleted. And so if you're weary today, I want to real quick share uh, some of the company that you're in when it comes to weariness. So Moses, the Bible records that he became weary. Some of you guys may know the story. He has to sit down on the rock and he has to have people even lift up his hands for him as he intercedes for the Israelite army. But even he became weary. The Bible says that Job became weary of life itself. He went through those trials and tribulations and he's like, God, I'm just tired of life right now. It's tough. It's hard. Some of you may be in that spot today where you're like, I'm just tired of life. But if you read that story, it turns around for the better. David, man, he's probably one of the most weary people in the Bible. He went through so, so much, but he knew how to get back up again. Jesus, yes, even Jesus in his humanity, he became weary. We find that in John 4 as he meets the woman at the Samaritan well. So let me just tell you today, if you're feeling weary, you're in good company and God has an answer for you. Amen. All right, so now that we've defined weariness, I want to take a little bit and talk about kind of the process of how it happens and where it really comes from. So we're going to actually be in the New Testament real quick. We're going to go to Galatians chapter 6, 9. And in this, Paul had just talked about um, how God is never mocked. What somebody sows, they will reap. Whether they sow to the spirit or whether they sow to the flesh, you will reap what you sow. And so he takes this up here and he says, and let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. If we do not give up. 
And so there's a couple things that we need to catch here. It says, let us not grow weary. weary. Weariness isn't something that just happens overnight. It's something that happens over time. And sometimes they can happen quicker than others, but weariness is this process, and it kind of comes from constantly getting worn down and beat down over time. More and more and more, we get beat down, we get worn down, and we just get tired. But I find it interesting that he says, let us not grow weary of doing good. Why specifically does he talk about weariness in doing good? And you need to know this if you're a Christian, because if you're a Christian, you're constantly in a battle and a struggle. The first struggle is between your flesh and your spirit. They're opposed to each other. But also as a children of the light, we are always having darkness pushed against us. In your walk, there's always gonna be friction. There's always gonna be pushback. And if you're not experiencing pushback, then you need to start pushing back against the kingdom of darkness. And when you begin to do that, you'll begin to feel the friction. So it's okay to feel the friction in your Christian walk. It's something that is necessary and it's something that should be there. But here, Paul is really encouraging them to press on, to keep on going. I feel like for a lot of us, we can grow weary when it comes to doing good. For some of you guys, you maybe have grown weary in your prayer life. You prayed for something for so long, but you just haven't experienced the breakthrough yet, and so you're kind of tired of praying for the same thing. Some of you guys may be weary in your job. Maybe you're part of that, and you're in a new job, and you're like, man, God, I'm just so weary. Maybe some of you guys have become weary in your business. I feel like this is for somebody today. Don't forget the reason that some of you guys started your job or that you started that business. The reason that you begin the work. For in due season, we will reap. So uh, as Chrissy mentioned, Central Illinois, Springfield. And so if you guys don't know, this is what you need to know, cornfields. They're everywhere, okay? And so I grew up around a lot of cornfields, and we have just a little bit of land at my house, not much, but enough that on the side of the house we can plant a nice big garden. So I grew up eating all the goods out of the garden, onions, tomatoes, whatever it is. A lot of the times my vegetables would come out of the garden, and I loved that. I was like, man, this is so good. And so when I came to the city, I didn't have a garden for four years, but once me and my wife got married, I'm like, love, I want a garden. So what I did is I went and got that planter box and I went and bought all the dirt and I got on YouTube, Urban Gardener, and I watched these videos for hours. Like it matters where you plant, which plant, and they don't block out the sun. And it matters how you prune it and the way you water it. And so I just began to get enveloped in this world of gardening. And so I got some little starter plants from my mom. I planted them and it was going good. But to be honest, I begin to get a little weary in it, like having to water them every day. I'm like, man, I only got like five plants, but this is kind of a lot, getting the hose out, back and forth. Okay, cool, it's all good. So, but like day 35, I like see the plant, everything, it's growing up, but I'm kind of like, I haven't been able to taste any of this fruit yet, but I gotta put in all the work. Man, some of you guys have been putting in a lot of work and the fruit hasn't come just yet. Oh, but it is coming. And so I began to wait, oh yeah, amen. I began to wait and I saw the peppers begin to come on and I'm like, yes, God, yes. And so what I did is when that pepper was nice and long, I grabbed it and I ate it and it was the most bland pepper I'd ever tasted. <laughs> I was like, man, all that work for what? But I realized, so I went on Google and I'm like, man, why does my pepper taste so bad? So peppers are supposed to turn colors when they're ripe. No, I just picked that thing as soon as I thought it was big enough. I tried to go for the fruit just a little too soon. 
For some of us, God's saying, just wait a little longer. That fruit's going to ripen. It's going to be so much better. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, don't give up. Don't give in. Because what weariness wants you to do is it wants you to give up and it wants you to give in. Once you give, give up on your calling, and wants you to give up on your marriage, and wants you to give up on your job. But we have to push back against weariness, and we can't give up, and we can't give in. And so real quick, I want to talk about three things that I feel like um, happen or that can cause weariness. Do we have those? So we grow weary when, I'll read these and explain them to you, we don't experience the fruit of our labor, we lose perspective, and we carry extra Wait. So what I kind of talked to you guys just about in that garden example is we begin to grow weary when we don't get the fruit of our labor and we just need to remain patient. The second is this, is when we lose perspective. In the midst of that, I knew that a pepper was going to take 63 days to grow, but for some reason at day 30, I was expecting fruit. I had lost perspective of the reason I was doing it. And then it became real tempting. I'm like, man, those peppers are only a dollar, you know, at the store. Like, what's the point of even growing my own? I began to question why I'd even started it. But I had to remind myself, man, I want to learn something new. I want to grow. And eventually, I want to have more than just a planter box. I want to have a garden. So I got to start small. And I want to give you guys, I want to read just a few examples of what I feel like areas that we can become weary in. We can become weary in our finances when we lose sight that God is our provider. We can become weary real quick when we feel like we have to be the one that provides everything, but when we remind ourselves, man, God, you're my shepherd. You're my father. You're the one that gives me every good thing. We don't have to grow weary in our finances. Hallelujah. We can become weary in our marriages when we lose sight that God brought us together. What God brought together, let no man separate. Let no thing separate. And when, when it's tough, when it's hard, when, when the food didn't come out the greatest, it's okay. Remember, God brought you together for a greater purpose and a mission and to show the world what, how his love for the church is. Amen? We can become weary in our trials when we forget that it's growing us. For some of us, we've prayed to become stronger, and then that trial comes, and we're like, God, why'd you do this to me? But he's like, didn't you pray for me to grow you? It's easy to become weary in our trials when we forget, man, it is what's going to mature us and it is what's going to grow us. Man, we can become weary in our purpose when we constantly compare ourselves to others. Your purpose is unique and it's distinct and you don't have to compare yourself to anybody else. Keep your eyes on your work and you won't grow weary in what you're doing. Amen. Here's one. We can become weary in temptation when we think we're all alone and there's no way out. When you think that you're all alone, the temptation, the knock comes, the devil's at the door, and it's easy just to grow weary after it happens again and again. And I'm going to tell you guys, you, somebody needs to hear this today. Just because you feel temptation doesn't mean you've been defeated. Temptation comes, but you can still stand strong. It doesn't mean you don't have victory in that area. The devil's strategy is just to wear you down. How many times did Jesus get tempted in the garden? Three times. He came to him more than once. Samson, you know what he did? He finally gave in, but it took multiple times. And so what the enemy wants to do is he wants to wear you down in an area of weakness so that you begin to give up and give in to that temptation. Stand strong. Don't give in to the temptation. The last one I want to talk about when we lose perspective is we can become weary in our faith when we let all the busyness of life crowd our time out with God. 
It's, because, it's real easy to grow weary when God becomes on the back burner and you gotta cook something else as the main dish. Put God as the main dish and you won't grow weary in your faith. Make it a priority. That means in your community, in your job, in your time. If you make God a priority, you're not gonna grow weary in your faith. Amen. So the last one I wanna talk about is we become weary when we carry extra weight. As Christians, there is a weight that we're supposed to carry, and that's the weight of the presence of God. And it also says to share one another's burdens. But what we oftentimes do is we begin to pick up weights that aren't ours to carry. As a gardener, I'm called to plant the seed, I'm called to water it, but I can't make it grow. If I try to carry on the weight of making that plant grow, it'd just be foolishness. I am not responsible for that growth. I'm gonna tell you something. When you share the gospel, it's not your job or your responsibility to get them saved. It's God's, take the pressure off yourself. It's not your responsibility when you invite that person to illuminate to have them say yes. Your responsibility is to simply invite them to the table to eat, amen? And so when we begin to carry extra weight, it can really weigh us down. And I wanna give a quick example of this because oftentimes we know the big weights in our lives, but what the enemy wants to do is he wants to be sneaky and just put little weights on you. Maybe it's in a thought, maybe it's in an idea that you have about yourself, but he'll begin to tack these little weights on. And it's funny, we have these CSL students that they just finished their first week. I was a CSL student. It's gonna be great for you guys. It's gonna grow you so much. But I told Pastor David, I said, let me have a talk with those CSL students real quick. I just wanna talk to them about how to be a roommate how to live with somebody, it's super important. Because if you've ever been a roommate or you live with somebody, you know how like those little annoyances can build up. You like come in and oh, his socks are just like on the table, that's cool. I'm sorry, babe, I know I do that sometime. <laughs> or I'll come into the bathroom and it's like, man, this guy just shaved, but it looks like he didn't even like try to clean up any hairs, it's just everywhere. And there's these little annoyances, 10 dishes, when's the last time we did dishes? And it's like these little things that you're like, it's not big enough to like really confront, so I'm like not gonna confront it, but it's definitely bothering me. And so what it is, it's just like a one pound weight, a one pound weight, a one pound weight. And before we know it, we feel all this weight and we're like, what? Where did that come from? Don't be deceived, weight adds up over time. If you, oh, this is good, let me, so, <laughs> here we go. Uh, believe it or not, in high school, I took a strength training class. Obviously, didn't stick with it, but hey, 2023 is coming, maybe New Year's resolution. <laughs> but for our strength training class, she was also the fitness instructor. And so she loved about once a quarter to take all the gentlemen who could deadlift 450 pounds, who were super strong, and she would take them into the fitness classroom. And so we'll walk in, and there's no big dumbbells. There's two and three pound weights. And these guys are like, ha, okay, yeah, all right, let's do it. And it's so funny, because by the time they pick up these two pound weights and they've done arm circles for two minutes, they're like, I can't, I can't even lift this two pound weight anymore. These big, strong guys who have all the strength, man, they can't even lift this two pound weight because they've been carrying it for so long. Be careful, people who are really strong, who've gone through a lot of adversity. It's easier for the enemy to tack a little weight on without you noticing. But we need to be so discerning in our thoughts, in our minds, in our spirits, and receive no weight from the enemy. Hallelujah. 
So I want to talk today about what should our response be to weariness as Christians. The world might say, go on a vacation, but a lot of us know sometimes it's more work to go on a vacation, and you're still there, and you're still getting emails and calls, and you're like, man, it maybe it wasn't even worth the vacation. Or the world may say, man, go have a couple drinks, forget about it, or go buy something new. Maybe that'll bring the freshness back into your life. But we know all of that fades, and we really need to get our strength from God. And so I'm going to read a little more out of that Isaiah passage after it talks about even youth and uh, youth grow weary and tired. It says this, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Man, that's good. Truth number one for you guys today, waiting wards off weariness. Man, this is a truth that's easy to understand, but really hard to put into practice, especially as some city people. Man, I noticed it from the moment I got here. If I don't go, if I don't go at the green light within half a second, I'm getting honked at. I was like, man, where's the chill, y'all? And then there's these cars that are turning left, and I get behind them, and then for two minutes, I'm stuck as cars pass me up on the right side. And I'm just like, man, I guess I'll just wait, hang out here. It's all good, God. But I'm serious, as people in the city, there's constantly this busyness, busyness, busyness. But what waiting on the Lord is, some of you guys in your translations, it may say those who trust in the Lord or those who hope in the Lord. And ultimately what that is, is it's a posture of heart that says, God, I know you will come through. This is in your hands. I need you to do what only you can do. If you say walk, I'll walk. If you say wait, I will wait. And what waiting on the Lord does, it makes us put our heart in the park and just hang out for a little bit. Because what we want to do is we're so quick to just be problem solvers. We're so quick to just take anything that bothers us, anything that plagues us, and just get rid of it. But sometimes God wants to work something out in that situation. For you guys walking through a season of weariness, there's a purpose that you're walking through it. And sometimes God will even give you a little bit of weariness. Not all the way, not totally fatigued, but he'll let you so that you run to him and that you come and find his grace. Paul talked about how he had this thorn in his flesh. We don't know exactly what it was, but I could imagine if Paul didn't come and bring that situation to the Lord and tried to figure it out on his own, he could have been going to the doctors for years, trying these crazy diets, only drinking lemon water or something, you know, all kale diet. But he didn't do that. He's like, I'm gonna pray to you, God, and he's gonna, I'm gonna pray again, I'm gonna pray again. And God says, oh yeah, that thorn that's in your side, Oh, that's so that you'll depend on me and my grace because that's where you're truly going to find your strength. Not in your wisdom, not in your ability to speak, not in your intellect, but you're going to find it in me. And so if we can throw that verse back up, I want to talk about the idea of this eagle and how they soar. See, it's so cool if you've ever had the ability to see an eagle soar. It's not busily flapping its wings. It's not. It's soaring. And it's like, man, how's that possible? And so what happens is the ground begins to get heated up and these pockets of hot air called thermals begin to rise up in this circular motion. And so what these eagles will begin to do is they'll find these pockets of hot air and they'll just ride them. Man, it would be so hard for them to get high up in the air, but what they can begin to do is just ride the thermal higher and higher and it's gonna lift them to a place that they wouldn't have got to in their own strength. Man, God wants to take you to a place where you can't get to in your own strength, but he's saying, man, you have to trust me, you have to wait on me, and let my grace carry you. Let my grace fill in the deficit in your life. And what this does for the eagle is it gives the eagle perspective. If the eagle had to be on the ground, it wouldn't be a very good predator. 
But because it can be so high up, because it can get a fresh perspective and a fresh vantage point, its ability and its vision, it has better vision than us, 25, y'all, crazy. It's able to see prey from two miles away, little things scurrying. And so what this does is it takes it up high, it gets it a new perspective, and then it's able to go and hunt the prey that it needs, all without having to really work for it too hard. Then it just goes down through the air, gravity takes it. For some of us, we need a fresh perspective in this season. When you're weary, it's easy to just go to complaining. It's super easy to go to complaining. Man, this, this, this. But it doesn't change anything. And honestly, if I'm candid, I think complaining makes us even more tired and more weary. And it makes us focus on what's going on. But God wants to lift you up as you wait on him and show you a perspective, maybe a glimpse of what he's doing in this season. It might be hard, it might be difficult, but he said, man, my grace is gonna fill in the deficit. And you're gonna be able to walk through the season and come out stronger the other side, hallelujah. There's a quote that I wanna share uh, with you guys real quick. It's from Charles Spurgeon, and it says this. We shall not grow weary of waiting upon God if we remember how long and how graciously he once waited for us. Man, anybody grateful God's been patient with them? He's been gracious. He's waited for us. Just remember how patient he was with you, and it'll help you to be patient in your season. So that's the first thing, waiting wards off weariness. Now, I want to go a little further into Isaiah. It's going to be in Isaiah chapter 50, if you want to turn with me. This will be the last area that we cover. I want to give you guys two more truths from here. And this is a messianic song. So a lot of you guys probably know Isaiah 53, where it talks about the suffering servant. Well, this is also a song of that nature where it talks about what the Messiah, what the coming Christ will be like. And this is what it says. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with the word him who is weary. Morning by morning, he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. If we're called to be like Christ, these are things that we're gonna need in our life. And the second truth for you guys today is God wants to give you a new tongue. He wants to give you the tongue of sustenance. And to be honest, this truth really isn't for us. It's for the people that are around us. God wants to give you a tongue that will sustain somebody else. And I love in this verse, it says this, has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with the word. Let me give you guys a freebie real quick in a way that you don't sustain somebody. Man, you look really tired today. Oh, thank you. That encourages me so much. We've all heard that. And I, I know I'm tired, okay? So that's the way not to do it. But the way to do it is to get into your word and get filled with the word of God so that when you see somebody, man, you can encourage them in the Lord. That's what they truly need. They need a verse. Man, brothers and sisters, can we take advantage of our phones and not let them take advantage of us and begin to text people, begin to encourage people? Man, Paul had to write a letter and it would take months to get there. Man, we can send a text and it gets there in seconds. We need to be encouragers and we need to look out for one another. Because life, it can be tough, but if we learn how to sustain somebody with a word, it'll take us very, very far. So, one other thing that it comes to this is we need to learn that for different seasons, we need different sustenance. And so I'm gonna be open and honest with you guys as it came to the season of marriage, 
uh, as a college student, I wasn't really too worried about my finances. Like, I, was, I wasn't really too worried. Just taking care of me, you know, make sure it doesn't go in the red. We're good. And I had learned, I had learned that God was my provider. There was a season where I was a college student, I was broke, and I didn't have much money in the bank, like, at all, y'all. And so I had to get a new apartment, and you know, there's like those move-in fees, and then there's like the first month's rent all together. And I'm like, ooh, it's gonna be a tight month. And so I put that down, and at that point, I'm like, let's just say very little, guys. We'll just leave it at that, okay? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. My roommate comes in, and he hands me this check, just this thing in the mail. I'm like, oh, cool. I open it up, no name, no nothing. Check for $1,000. Hallelujah. One verse, Philippians 4:17. And my God shall abundantly provide for all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And so in that season, man, I learned, God, you are my provider and you're going to provide for me. You are going to take care of me. But if I'm honest, as it came to the season of marriage, and I begin to see how much an engagement ring cost, and how much a venue cost, and how much the food cost, oh Lord, oh. man, I began to really worry about my finances. I'm like, how are we going to do this? And I begin to forget the truth that, man, God, you're my provider. But he reminded me, man, if I provided for you in the past, don't you think I want you to get married and I'm going to provide for you in that? And I'm like, amen. And he provided for me in that. But what, what can happen is we can forget the truths that we learn and we begin to worry about things that God doesn't want us to worry about. We need the tongue of sustenance and we need to be able to, I hope that encouraged somebody today. I hope that's an encouragement to you that God will sustain you and he will provide for you if you just wait on him. I said that this truth is the, for the people around you, but I also want to tell you it's a truth for you as well. I talked a little bit earlier about the life of David. David had a really tough life. He had the highs, but he also had the lows. He experienced losing a child. He experienced being hunted for his life, even by his own sons. He experienced hardship and tragedy. But what David knew is he knew how to encourage himself in the Lord. Man, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why are you downcast? He would begin to speak to himself and he would begin to encourage himself. And I, I'm telling you guys, when you read the Psalms, you'll begin to sense these shifts where he was maybe down or the psalmist was down, but then they'll begin to rise up. Oh, faith and courage will begin to rise up in them. Oh, shout to the Lord, oh my soul. Give praise and glory to the Most High King. There's a shift that happens. I'm telling you guys, take the word of God and allow it to encourage you. Allow it to sustain you in your season of weariness. I gotta say this, I was gonna go to the next point, but it's so important that you encourage yourself because we live in a time where we're actually better at discouraging ourselves. We're constantly comparing ourselves. Social media is everywhere. We're always looking around. I talked a little bit about it, but I'm telling you, watch yourself talk. Watch the way you talk to yourself. It's super important. Be the encourager to yourself. Don't allow yourself to be a discouragement to yourself. True three that I want to share with you guys for how to fight off weariness is this. God wants to give you an ear to hear his encouragement. Man, in the midst of battle, it's loud. You don't always hear the best. And the enemy, he wants to come for your ability to hear. In that Isaiah 50, we read that God awakened his ears and that he opened his ears. And that tells me two things, that our ears can fall asleep and that our ears can become clogged. 
our ears can fall asleep. And it's not that we don't hear the words anymore, but it's that they begin to lose their impact. And if I can talk to the seasoned saints in the room, we have to be careful because sometimes we can finish the verse of the speaker, but has it still impacted your heart afresh and anew? The word of God is living and active and it wants to change us. And so we have to be careful that, oh, I don't already know. I already know that, I'm good. No, God wants to speak to you afresh and anew. Man, do you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength? That's the truth, that that's not just a verse we memorize, but it is a truth that we can stand on. And so be very careful that the enemy doesn't lull you to sleep. He wants to just maybe lull you with comfort or maybe he'll just hit you around so much like the disciples where they just fell asleep in the garden. They were so tired. They just allowed themselves to fall asleep besides, despite the fact that Jesus there is speaking to them. Stay awake, come pray with me. Man, they gave in to the tiredness and the weariness. And the second is this, that our ears can become clogged. And I believe they can become clogged with all sorts of things, clearly sin, but pride can get in the way, self can get in the way where we want our will more than God's will. Man, politics can get in the way where we begin to take a political party stance more than maybe what the Bible says. And that's for everybody, that's for both sides. We have to be careful where that we don't allow our ears to begin to get clogged. Or maybe an opportunity comes to you and the first thing you hear is the voice of fear before the, the voice of faith. Well, what about this? What about that? What about, no. Allow God to open your ears and to hear with, fra- with fresh faith, afresh and anew. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna read one last verse that I feel like will really impact us. But first, I just wanna tell you guys one story that I think will highlight this idea of our, of our ears being clogged. Is there any uh, middle children in the room? Middle children? Hey, my condolences to you. I was the youngest, I got spoiled, it was good. Uh, shout out mom and dad, thank you. But my mom, she was a middle child. And so as you guys know who are middle children, sometimes the love might go to the oldest or the youngest and the middle child, sometimes you feel like, eh. So my mom was in that situation. And so what she decided to do was, man, I'm gonna do something to get my parents' attention. That's a bad starting spot. But anyway, um, what she decided to do is she had a hearing test coming up and she said, I'm gonna fail this test on purpose. I got good hearing and everything, but I'm just gonna fail this test. And so she goes in there and they play the noise and she's maybe hit, maybe hit it a little late, pretend like she heard the beep. And so they're like, after the test, they're like, you don't have any hearing problem. It just seems like your ears are clogged. And so what they do, I don't even know how to explain it. It was from so long ago, but they heated up this thing and this wax. And what they did is they stuck it in her ear and they pulled it out. And to her surprise, there was just an insane amount of earwax, just like insane. And so she went in there thinking that she was all good in her hearing, but God's actually like, man, you actually got some really bad earwax in your ears. And I tell that story, why? Because if we're not careful, some of us can think that our hearing's really good, but it's actually become clogged. And today I wanna pray that God would open our ears afresh and anew, that he would give us tongues that would speak life, that he would give us spirits that will wait on him. And so I wanna close with this verse right here. We're gonna go back into Isaiah. And this comes right before all those passages we just read. It says this, have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Hallelujah. That's good news today. 